This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Good night, Shabbos, everyone. Wanted to share with you two amazing insights on this week's parsha that hopefully you'll be able to share at your Shabbos table and hopefully you can prepare for uh, for this parsha, Parsha Shmini. In this week's parsha, we know that, of course, the, the beginning of the parsha begins with uh, the eighth day after the Mishkan had been dedicated, where the Kohanim, led by Aaron Cohen, the Kohen Gadol, assumed their roles as the Kohanim doing the service, doing the Avodah in, in the Mishkan. And while describing the Karbanos that Aaron and the Kohanim would perform, the Torah tells us the following, That Aaron lifted his hands, and he blessed them. Rashi comments, Birkas Yisa. That Rashi says, when it says Vayivarchem, he did Birkas Kohanim. Laslana Merebbe Zuchusi Yagin Alenu asks a fantastic question. He wants to know, Yesh Ladaktik Inyan Omar Vayisa Aaron is Yadav El Ha'am. Shalokosov Rak Vayivarch Aaron is Ha'am. It doesn't just say that Aaron blessed the people, but he used his hands. Kain Tsarach Bir Lama Birkas Kohanim Nikres, Bishem Nesias Kapayim. Asks a question that I never thought of before. If the Iker, if the primary, if the fundamental focus of Birkas Kohanim is in fact the Bracha, why do we refer to it as Nisias Kapayim, focusing on the hands that the Kohen spreads himself in order to give the bracha. Why is it that in this week's parsha, when the Torah describes the bracha that Aaron gives, it doesn't just say that he gave the bracha, but it starts off by saying, that he lifted his hands. Says the Slanam Rebbe, it seems that it's not just that there is a bracha that one is to give as a representative of the Kohanim, but rather something has to be directly and uniquely connected to the hands of Aaron HaKohen. And the Slanam Rebbe Answers, two answers. I'm going to provide the second answer today on page Mem Aleph, if you have the Nesiva Shalom, in which he says that hands are an expression of one's koach. Hands are an expression of one's tremendous strength, not just physical strength, but spiritual strength as well. He gives two examples to highlight this before we get to explaining how Nesiyas Kapayim and why Nesiyas Kapayim is necessary, the hands specifically are necessary in order to give the bracha to the Jewish people. One example he gives is we know that, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu, when fighting, when the Jewish people are fighting against Amalek, it's Moshe's hands somehow that represent the strength of the Jewish people. It's Moshe's hands that somehow are symbolic of midos that are necessary in order to infuse within the Jewish people for them to be successful. Similarly, says the Nesiva Shalom, when it comes to Avram Avinu, beautiful deal. When the Pasuk describes that Avram Avinu was going to go ahead and was going to send forth his hand and take the knife in order to slaughter um, Yitzchak at the Akedah, the Pasuk says, Avram is yado, he sent forth his hand, he took the knife in preparation of slaughtering his son. Why in the world does the Torah need to say that he sent forth his hand? Obviously, if he was going to take the knife in order to shaft and slaughter Yitzchak, obviously he's using his hands. Why does the Torah feel necessary? Why does the Torah feel compelled to go ahead and describe specifically with such detail, such minutia, that he sent his hand forth to take the knife? And the Islam Rebbe suggests, because we know that Avram Avinu is representative of Chesed, which stems from the genesis of Chesed, of, of course, Ahava. 
And what the Torah was telling us is that he had to put down or he had to send forth away his hand, the Midah of Ava, in order to be able to go ahead and bring to fruition this instruction that Hashem had given to him of slaughtering his son. No way could Avram Avinu go ahead and with the Ava that is all part of his essence, his Mahus, could he have possibly been successful in going ahead and slaughtering Yitzchak? And so the Torah, when it says, Vayishlach Avram es yado, it doesn't mean he's sending his hand. That's obvious when he takes the knife. What it means is he's sending his hand, he's sending the Midah, the Koach, that he is known for, of Ava, he's sending that away, he's departing from that in order to be able to fulfill the word of Hashem. So we see, says the Slanam Rebbe, that when you talk about one's hands, one's hands don't just represent some physical element, but rather it's an expression of the unique Mida that a person represents, and through that Mida, we, de- we, de- we are able to uh, share that with those around that. Va'apizeh, says the Slanam Rebbe, Yesh Lomar. When it means that Aaron lifted his hands, it wasn't just some element of external uh, behavior that it really has nothing to do with the ruchnius, the spiritual uh, component of what he's about to do. But rather, we know the meat of Aaron is Ava. As the Mishnah in Pirkei Havos tells us, Oev Shalom, Verodev Shalom. He was a person who uh, brought peace into the world through his love and he pursued peace. He loved creations, he loved the Jewish people, he loved human beings, with the ultimate objective, the ultimate goal of bringing them close to Torah. And we know the whole basis, everything that Birkas Khanim is based on, predicated on, is Ava. As we say in the Bracha, before we perform this mitzvah, you have to be able to have Ava within your heart. You have to be able to have Ava towards the Jewish people in order to perform this mitzvah. Because the whole basis, everything that this mitzvah is predicated on is Ava. So you have to mention that in the mitzvah, in the bracha. We know that Shulchan Aruch brings this down, that if a Kohen doesn't have love, doesn't have Rachamim towards the people he's representing, the people he's going to give the bracha towards, and the people who are receiving the beneficiaries of this bracha don't feel Ava towards him, he should not go up and make the bracha and give Birkas Kohen. The Ksiv, as the Pasuk says, is Mishlei, Tov Ayin Hu Yivorach, that you, when a person has a good eye, he will be blessed. Al tikri yivarach, ele yivarech. Not just a person who has a good eye will he be blessed, but a person who has a good eye will bless. With a good eye, with someone who can look towards others without looking for the negative qualities of the person, but only looking for the positives in order to love them, that person is the only one who's capable of being able to bless. We know the Pasuk in Devarim says, when you love somebody, you then will bless them. The more a person loves others, the more that bracha is going to be able to have an incredible impact on uh, the people who are going to receive that bracha. And that's now why we can understand why the Torah goes out of its way to describe that Aaron lifted his hands towards the people. It wasn't some external element, it wasn't something physical, a manifestation, but rather from the hands, the hands represent, they are an expression of the midah that of, of that person. When he lifted his hands, he was demonstrating his koach, 
his strength, which was Ava. And not only was he demonstrating Ava, which was his Mida towards them by lifting his hands, but he was inculcating within them the Mida of Ava. Because if now they are infused with Ava, they will be able to be even a greater beneficiary of that Bracha. And then he gave them the Bracha. Says the son of Rebbe, that is why we call it Nesias Kapayim, why we focus on the raising of hands. Why don't we call it more, more commonly the, the Brach of the Kohen, which we do do, but in the Halach and Shulchan it's called Nesias Kapayim, and we often refer to it as Nesias Kapayim. Why do we refer to it as Nesias Kapayim? It's not just some external physical element. But rather, it's the background to the fundamental understanding of how we are going to give this bracha. When we put out our hands, the Kohanim, they, they, so to speak, exude and allow the people to accept the hashra, this presence of Ava, onto the Tzibor. That all came from, that all stemmed from, that was generated by the Kedusha of Aaron. Once the Kohanim raised their hands, representing this unique Koach of Aaron, which all the Kohanim by extension have of Ahava, then they can go ahead and be able to give the Bracha to the Tzibor, demonstrating that Ava that they have towards the Tzibor, and then hopefully infusing within the Tzibor this Ava so that it can be an appropriate Kli, they can be an appropriate receptacle to be able to receive the Bracha. Umehai Taima says in the Siva Shalom, Nusacha Bracha Hu. It's very unusual in a Birch to mention a unique personality in the Bracha. Usually we just say the Bracha, whatever it is on that mitzvah. Why do we say Asher Kitshanu B'Gdushasal Shel Aharon V'Tzivanu? Velo Asher Kitshanu B'Mitzvos Kmo B'Cholam Mitzvos. Why not like all other Brachas? Ki HaYesol HaShras HaBracha. Because the basis for this Bracha Shumidas Ava is understanding that it requires it's a basic tenant, it's a basic fundamental principle of this mitzvah, it's a basic character trait of this mitzvah, that one needs to have love, ava. It's not enough that the Kohanim themselves have the ava, so they can go ahead and give the bracha, so they can give the bracha to the Jewish people, but they are communicating to Hamonam that to be a beneficiary, to be a recipient, of this bracha, you need to feel ava. You need to feel ava halach lamaisa towards the Kohen who's representing you, and you need to feel ava towards your constituents. You need to feel camaraderie towards your friends, to the people that you sit next to in shul. This is who Aharon was. This is what Aaron represented. The Kohanim go ahead and they sanctify. They make this bracha. They bless the Jewish people. Not with anybody else other than the Kedush of Aaron. And they go and they take that Ava and they don't hold it for themselves. And they don't keep it with inside them. But rather they, they inculcate it. They share it. They embed it within the Tzibor that they too should be able to receive. That they too should be able to have to feel this Ava, because then because then they can be the recipients of this of this bracha. This is an incredible, incredible insight. 
that Ava is at the core of Birkas Kohanim. That Ava, that love is at the core of any time we want to be able to give a bracha. It's not enough just to give a bracha, but you got to give that bracha with Ava. It's the reason why this is called Nesias Kapayim. Because the hands aren't just some external element. The hands are there to represent the Koach of the Mid of Aaron. It's the reason why, unlike all other brachas of Birchas HaMitzvah, when we simply recite the bracha on the mitzvah over Asiyas and prior to performing the mitzvah. And here we mention the Kedushasel Shel Aaron. Because we are constantly reminded as we recite Birkas Kohanim that we need to be able to feel the Ahav as a Kohen and we need to spread that Ahav, that love towards the Tzibor. And the Tzibor needs to feel that love not only towards the Kohanim, but they need to be able to feel that love towards the other people in their shul. They need to feel a responsibility, a love. You have to l'reach kamocha to be able to love their neighbors like their friends, to understand what it means to be sensitive, to be considerate, to be thinking about other people, to understanding that that ultimately is what's going to bind us together. Only then can you be the recipients of the Birkas Kohanim. We're living in a time right now in which we are all isolated, but there's so much ava, there's so much love to go around. We're living in a time of Sfirah Saomer, where the Gemara tells us that unfortunately 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva died. They did not accord the respect. They did not feel that camaraderie. They did not feel like what binds us, more what unites us, is the focus of what we should be doing. They lost focus on, as a Rabbi Akiva, the Rebbe, ultimately spread to the world, they forgot that that's the Torah, and they forgot that the Av is what unites us. We're living in a time in which we need to focus more on what unites us than what divides us. We need to focus on identifying ways to find common ground between people. We're so focused often on looking for the negative, looking for the chesronos, looking for the things that divide us, that uh, allow us to give us excuses as to why we can't invite this person to our Shabbos table, why we can't have a chavrusu with this person, why we can't become friendly with this person. But what the Torah here is telling us, and I don't believe that it's coincidental that we find this incredible insight of the Slana Mareba, Dafka now during the Sfiras Omer, during the Avelis of Sfiras Omer, Dafka now in a time of isolation where we have the opportunity to reflect, where we need to realize that Ava, love, is the core, has to be the core of every single thing that we do. That we have to realize that before we open our mouths, that before we interact with somebody, that before we decide how we want to judge somebody, which we should never be doing, we look for the positive, we look for the things that they bring to the table, we look for those positive midos, those character traits that can enhance us, that we can learn from. If we ultimately want to serve as the Mamleches Kohanim, the Goy Kadosh, we want, to reserve, we want to be able to serve as the representatives of the Jewish people, not just the specific Kohanim, but the Kohanim of Klai Yisrael, to be able to represent, we have to model ourselves as to the quintessential, after the paradigmatic Kohen, which is of course Aaron Kohen, who is an Oev Shalom, the Rodev Shalom, Oes Abrizu Makarvin Latorah, we have to be able to go and follow in his footsteps, to realize that he loved everyone, that he had a tremendous affection, that he had tremendous love towards every single person, didn't matter where they were on the Hashkafic spectrum, didn't matter exactly where they fit themselves in, in terms of their understandings of Torah, or where their political affiliations are. At the end of the day, it says, Oev Shalom, Dev Shalom, Oev Sabrios, he loved every human being the same, he understood who they were, and that's something that we learn and we understand from the specific focus on the Vayisa Aronis Yadav, he lifted his hands, the Koach of Ava, that he not only felt, that he not only communicated to his fellow Kohanim that they needed to have before they went up to do because Kohanim, but that they needed to feel and exude and inculcate within the Sibor, and that, for, that is the reason suggests the Nesiva Shalom as to why it's referred to as Nesiyas Kapayim.
I wanted to share one other idea with you, and that is in the next uh, in the next episode, a very unfortunate episode, and that is of course the death of Nadav and Aviyu. We know that Nadav and Aviyu sacrificed an Esh Zara, this foreign fire. Uh, they should have waited for the Katoris to come down, at least at that point, before it was taught that one could, in fact, uh, introduce fire to the Mizbech ahead of time. And uh, because they introduced this Esh Zara, they were, they were killed. There's a fascinating Emes Liakov, and it's not just the Emes Liakov, there are other Achronim who point this out as well, that the Medrash offers a number of other uh, Chesronos that Nadav and Aviyu seem to display that were the cause for their deaths. Some suggest that it was because they wouldn't get married. They didn't feel that there was anybody that was Zoka to marry them. Others understood that Nadav and Aviyu paskin the Shaila. They made a halachic decision without consulting with the Reb, which as we know the Gemara tells us, one who makes a decision in an area of halacha in front of their Reb, Yitzchayim Misa, for disrupting, for putting our Misor in a compromised position. And so that was the reason why they were killed. Others want to say it was because of the fact that they drank wine before doing the avoda. They weren't intoxicated, but they drank just enough that invalidated their avoda, as we see in the subsequent episode, the subsequent instructions that the Torah says they were not to drink wine before doing the avoda. And that was the reason why they were, they were killed. And one final indicator from the Medrash is that during Kabbalah Torah, after Kabbalah Torah, Moshe and Aaron had walked past them, and Aaron and Nadav and Aviv said to themselves, when Aaron and Moshe, when our father and our uncle die, we'll take over. Hashem says, I'm not going to kill you right now because I don't want to share the simch of Kabbalah Satorah, but I'm going to find another opportune time that would make sense for you to die because you said that you were going ahead and you wanted to take over after Moshe and Aaron. The obvious question that the Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky asks is, why is the Medrash uh, giving so many other reasons as to uh, the, uh, the death of Nadav and Aviyu, the Torah itself gave a reason. The Torah says that the Nadav and Aviyu were makriv, they gave an Ish Zara, they introduced a foreign fire onto the Mizbeach, and uh, for that reason, they shouldn't have done that. They did something they shouldn't have done in the, in the Mishkan, and so therefore they were killed. Why does the Medrash feel compelled to give all these other reasons? They didn't get married, and they passed in the Shaila, and they drank wine in the, before doing the Avoda, and they made a decision to go ahead, and, um, and they're going to take over after Moshe and Aaron had died. Why does the Medrash feel compelled to give all these other reasons when the Torah itself, parched simple pshat of the Pasuk, seems to offer up a suggestion? And the Emes Liakar of Yaakov gives a fantastic answer, and he explains that Chazal is not disagreeing with the Pasuk. What Chazal is doing is utilizing other instru- instances, util- utilizing other examples, other circumstances in which they illustrate the one chisaron that Nadav and Aviyu had. We know that Nadav and Aviyu, this was the only chit they had ever done. The Pasuk says, Bikrovai Ekadesh, Moshe had said to Aaron, I thought when Hashem said that they will be sanctified within them, I thought it meant they will sanctify my name in them, or I will sanctify my name in them. I thought it referred to me and you, Moshe and Aaron. I now know, says Rashi, that it was referring to Nadav and Aviyu. Nadav and Aviyu were tremendously incredible tzaddikim with high levels of imuna, high levels of ruchnius. What exactly was Chazal trying to convey to us? What was the one chisar, the one chet that was their wrongdoing that ultimately led to their deaths? Says the, says the Amos the Yaakov that what the Medrash is trying to convey, and it's all under one common denominator, is Gaiva. Nadav and Aviyu unfortunately suffered 
from what the Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky utilizes as the expression of Gasas Das, right? He had, they had a gaiva, they had arrogance. They felt that they can go into the Mishkan a little intoxicated. Would anybody walk into a shul? Would anybody walk into the base of Migdash ready to do the Avodah Hashem, the Avodah of the Kohanim, a little bit intoxicated? They felt a little bit too comfortable. They thought no one could marry them because their father was the Kohen Gadol, their uncle was the king. Who's going to have the Yichas to be able to marry them? They, uh, they decided they were going to pask in a Shailah in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest of the greats, the greatest posek in the world. And they were going to go ahead and be more halacha b'fnei rabo. They were going to pask in a Shailah. They felt that it was okay on their own even to whisper to themselves that when Moshe and Aaron were going to die, they were going to take over. They felt that they could introduce an Ish Zara that they had not yet been taught as a permissible way of being mocked of the Ketores. They thought that was okay. Says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky Zatzal. That's what the Medrash, that's what the Torah is trying to teach us. It's one common denominator with a number of different illustrations, a number of different explanations, a number of different examples of what that one chisaron, that one common denominator, which is gaiva, arrogance. Nadav and Aviyu demonstrated that they had a lot of arrogance that unfortunately they didn't learn from. And it was that one chisaron, it was that one element that they needed to work on that they didn't yet realize that ultimately was the cause of their downfall. When a person has gaiva, when a person does not have the humility to realize that he can learn from everybody, that he can grow from everybody, that they believe he or she believes that they are above everybody else, that ultimately is going to be their downfall. So many people lose everything due to their gaiva, due to their arrogance, they lose their friends, they lose their parnasa, they lose their avodas Hashem because they think they're better than everybody else and they only realize later in life that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to humble them. We're living in a time we don't need to be humbled. We realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in control. We realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is making all of the decisions. But we are to learn from Nadav and Aviyu that the one chesachisaron, that the one chait, that the one reason that they had their downfall was because of this lack of awareness, this lack of understanding, this lack of humility that they could have learned from their Rebbe, their uncle Moshe Rabbeinu, but unfortunately was lacking. We need to realize that we have to be humble. We have to realize that we are human beings who don't have the big picture. We don't understand everything that's going on. We realize that there's a HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world who's running the show, the one who's deciding, making the decisions of exactly what the course of action should be. And I believe that the two Divrei Torah that I've shared with you have a lot to do with each other. Unfortunately, many times when a person has gaiva, when a person has arrogance, they oftentimes feel that they're above others, they judge others, and they lack the awareness to be able to be sensitive and considerate to other people. A person who's humble, a person who realizes there's nothing magiali, there's nothing coming to me, I'm just another person, and then I have to do my part, and then I'm part of a big picture, and I'm part of a bigger Kalal Yisrael here. We'll more likely be considerate, we'll more likely be sensitive to, we'll more likely to look to less, like, we'll be less likely to look for the negative qualities of others, but rather we're more likely to love others, to demonstrate that Ava of Aaron Kohen, to be able to, to be Mavarich others, to be able to inculcate and embed within others, to make them feel that they are loved, and they will ultimately reciprocate in the like. And so, therefore, with these two Divrei Torah, I hope. You will have what to say at the Shabbos table to be able to inspire during this time of year of Sirah Omer to mechazik ourselves in our humility, to mechazik ourselves in our Ahava, to look at other people in a positive light, look for their positive qualities, learn from their positive qualities, be humble enough to realize that we can learn from everybody. And Amir Tzashem, our Avodah Tzashem will grow and intensify. And Amir Tzashem, we will learn from the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva that as opposed to Lunagu Kavod Zebazeh, 
we will have, of course, the Kal of Rabbi Akiva, that very same Rabbi of the Ahaftal Reacha Kamocha. Have a wonderful Shabbos.